0: Welcome to Gardener's Podcast, part of Garden Church in Southern California. My name's Darren and today I had the pleasure of sitting down with John Rosine to unpack this Lenten season and some of the rhythms that we're going through as a church. This will be the first installment of a three-part mini-series on Lent. It's our hope that these conversations serve to enrich your experience as we all lean into this season together. welcome john it's just you and me today thank you darren um happy to be here we got we got kicked out of our normal spot yes because of the construction happening but we're in reconstruction church so it's fine yeah um we're in the wave room yes aptly named by the little, tiny waves if you can see them you can see that on the wall there yeah. Um, and we're looking at all the kids' stuff of where the kids are just like practicing the gifts of the Spirit here, praying for people, Love enjoying it. coloring, lots of stuff. Love it. Um, and Pastor Alex has been doing such a great job with the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, but, John, why, uh, we're here talking about Lent today. Yes. And. If anyone is gonna have a conversation about Lent and prayer and these uh, making space moments for rhythms, uh, I wanted it to be you. Yeah. <laughs> and you, ever since I uh, started here at Garden, you've just been the king of making space. And I've loved how you've been leading our prayer rooms. And just literally every single time that you can be with other people in prayer, it's it's always a sweet time. Thank you, Darren, appreciate that. Yeah. Um, what is one of the first things that comes to your mind when, uh, when I say the word Lent? Yeah.
1: Well, I think in many contexts that we have, we don't often take a moment to say what time is it. <laughs> what time are we in? Uh, we are at such a fast pace in life that rhythms and um, calendar. Uh, anticipation of what's coming next, we don't often take a moment to have a long view. Most mm-hmm. of us are looking at, you know, what is my day going to look like, let alone my week or my month um, or, you know, getting way out years. Mm-hmm. But I think we need to become the kinds of people who are becoming something. So you're either letting life form and shape you <laughs> or you are forming and shaping your life as you embrace the rhythms um, that are coming. And you can either swim in the midst of, of culture and keep up with its pace, uh, which we know that that leads to not so great things, mm-hmm. um, or we can take some inventory and take some time to prepare our hearts, our minds, and our bodies to receive what God has. So when I think of Lent, it is an opportunity to reorient, to reset, to recalibrate my heart and my mind and my attention. It's not just, uh, <laughs> it's a different kind. You know, we think about Advent, right? And I think a lot of us just think of the the Advent calendars where we mm-hmm. just have these little <laughs> pieces of chocolates, my girls do. Um, Advent has a different season to it. Lent, you know, you're... You're opening up the boxes each day and they are more of ways to die to yourself Mm. than they are to receive a chocolate or a gift. Uh, But we recognize that in Lent, dying to yourself is actually the greatest gift because we can come to the cross that Jesus died on, recognizing that he didn't just, I love what Pastor Bill says, you know, he, he died for our sins. We are covered and um, he died for us. He died for each one of us. But he also says that whoever will follow me will take up their cross and mm-hmm. follow me. And so it's not only a way to see ourselves looking at Jesus who has died on the cross and will be resur- and was resurrected and we anticipate that, but it's also teaching us how to die, mm-hmm. how to embrace the, both the mortality that are, that's in our bodies, that we are dust, we will return to dust, uh, but it is a reorienting time um, to embrace what God has for us. Mm.
0: Yeah, and I think that that line from Bill is something that haunts me all the time, yeah. is Jesus didn't die so that we didn't have to, he died so that we would know how to, Yes, and it, you know, when the first time he said it, I'm in the back of my mind. I'm thinking like heresy. Like you know, bells are going off. Like what? Did, what did this dude just say? Yeah, right. And when you when you realize like it, this is the whole picture. Mm-hmm. Like we're not supposed to just you know take our take our get out of hell free card and walk around with it and be like I don't I have nothing else to do yeah. until I get to heaven. Yeah, it is Jesus. This picture of his life, being a servant, washing feet, and then dying, mm-hmm. actually dying—that mm-hmm. um, is our uh, roadmap. Yeah, absolutely. And you know that is not the best way to sell Christianity to anybody, but but that's ultimately what we're invited into. And I, there's a beauty here. And and the last time I had a conversation with Bill uh, in a previous episode of Gardner's Podcast is he was talking about Lent as. Part of the seasons of the year, mm-hmm. and you know, equating it almost to just like that of nature, where you have fresh life coming in, new branches, new leaves, and then you have just like the movement and 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 the movement of the seasons, and then when the leaves die and crumble, like that's the picture. Like the fall season is almost the picture of what you see in Lent, in um, having death before you, and ways that you can engage with you know, things that have a timestamp. Absolutely. And they've expired. Yeah. And so um, tell me a little bit about uh, uh, the Ash Wednesday service mm-hmm. that we had recently. Yeah. And um, well, yeah, just tell us about it because it was, it was abnormal. I think it was the first time that we've celebrated it in that way. Yeah. Um, and one of the first ways that I've engaged with it b- beyond just knowing that it
1: is this religious holiday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Ash Wednesday obviously was the start of our Lent mm-hmm. season. It kicks off Lent and continues through um the Saturday right before Easter. But Ash Wednesday, we decided to not just have a moment for our community to recognize the beginning of Lent, but to actually do the ashes ceremony which uh, you know, uh, has has its own context and you can do the history on. It. It's been around for many centuries. I think they started actually in the eighth century. Ashes are used throughout scripture um, for mourning, for um, there are, are moments that mark uh, sackcloth and ashes uh, for Daniel. And you have this, this, this um, invitation to recognize that the things that are in our lives that need to die um, are meant to be exposed Mm-hmm. And so we entered Ash Wednesday, obviously with a sign of, yes, it is, we are all dust, come from dust to dust, we will, we will return. But also it was a symbol of repentance. So it's a recognition, which is our one of the themes that we're going through in Lent. Um, a signi- a, 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 it signifies a repentant heart. And when we talk about repentance, we're not just talking about um you know, you hear that word, and you you kind of hear this kind of shame mentality, or repent and believe, you know, yeah. and and it's repent and believe, but that repentance is not just about um, confession; it's not just about um, sharing and exposing and confessing sin. It is primarily about a reorientation of mindset. Mm. So, repent and believe is a uh, a mandate, and you can look back on on historical context. Josephus, the historian, the Jewish historian, does, does a lot of talking about repent and believe and what the connotation, what that actually would mean to those that were hearing at the time. And it was giving up your personal agenda mm-hmm. to adopt the agenda of another. <laughs> so repent and believe is really about adopting God's agenda. And I think we often want to go straight to you know, we see the sins, we see the sin in our life. We see what's on the surface. Those are symptoms of a belief system that we are disconnected from. Mm. And so our invitation for Ash Wednesday was a reorientation a repentance to give up our agenda, which devolves into all kinds of sin in our lives to adopt his agenda. which is about bringing his kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. So it's both embracing our mortality and knowing that we will reign with him in eternity. Mm -hmm. And it is, you know, I think we want to rush past, we want to rush past our, the feeling and the weight uh, uh, of our sin, of our brokenness, of our depravity. And it's, you know, We want to go to high praise. We want to go to like, let's, you know, and God's grace abounds. Like we are on this side of Jesus. We're not, um, we're on this side of the cross. We are a a new creation in Christ. I think it's good for us though, to feel the weight Mm -hmm. of um, the fall of man. And, and to, you know, you need the, you need to feel some of the brokenness to, to, to feel what is on the other side of that not just for yourself but for what God's doing in in all of creation what he's asking us to do mm-hmm. so yeah we um, we we uh, had our Ash Wednesday service and there was a significant I've I don't think there's many times in our you know at least in our in our circle in our our uh, ways of doing church we don't um, particularly have these sacred spaces these sacred moments mm. that maybe like high church has in these liturgical ceremonies that really symbolize, you know, outside of baptism and communion um, really symbolize what it is we're a part of and what we do. And I, mm-hmm. I I've, it was a really intimate moment um, giving the ashes to the people that were there that night. And we did it in the morning as well. And it just marked something and we are a marked people that know both the um both the the, uh, the brokenness that we carry, uh, that we are to put to dead, to death the dead things in our life and keep them dead, mm-hmm. <laughs> knowing that we will all be resurrected with Jesus uh, one day. So,
0: powerful stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's one of the one of the things that I love being able to talk about because. Uh, I feel like even seasoned Christians coming into an enviro- environment like that yeah. with just the information that they carry with them, sure. they could see something weird. And, yeah. you know, Garden Church, we're not about making things weird, but. <laughs> Like we want to engage, and there's a purpose behind things, yeah. um, and so it, you know it's so lovely hearing that um, you know ashes and what they signify, and you know they uh, correct me if I'm wrong. They were the, uh, traditionally they're they're using the palm branches from the previous um, Palm Sunday. Yes, they were mm-hmm. to create these ashes after they've been burned, and then these these ashes are used to mark the foreheads of of followers of Jesus that want to. Um, to dedicate their lives and consecrate their
1: lives to Jesus. You think about it. I mean, you think about what Palm Sunday represented and, you know, we want to sing Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Mm -hmm. And you realize that those that were with the palm branches, ushering Jesus into Jerusalem, had a completely different idea of what they were ushering Jesus into. Mm -hmm. They thought he was going to take the throne. They thought he was going to rule with the sword. They they had expectations of him to rule in a way. And the burning of those... Palm branches is a death to the expectations that we have of God, mm-hmm. the the expectations that we have of uh, of what we anticipate things to look like. Why isn't it this way? Why why are these people in charge and not these people? This kind of perspective that we take and we we need to let we have to have that die. And so again, the burning of the palm branches, the ashes symbolize this: not my way, but your way. Mm-hmm. There is. You know this verse in isaiah 30 that's been haunting me it's oh rebellious children of israel who follow a plan but not mine <laughs> and that that has that has resonated in so many ways and we we need to continually repent to know that we are not following our agenda but we are adopting his mm-hmm. and it's moments
0: like this that give us practical reminders that we're not the best. Yeah. We're not always right. We're we don't have the best ideas about stuff. Mm-hmm. And yes, God gives us gifts, God gives us imagination, but yeah. um, you know, being being acquainted and leaning into this space and slowing down is just helping us remember to sit in the pool of God's the best, yeah, God paid all the price, yeah. He did it, and it's like this wonderful season that we get to like almost sink into because um, that's the whole point of Easter when when Jesus rise rises from the grave. If we were already doing fine, then he's just now alive. Mm-hmm. And like that was a big theme when when uh, Bill and I were talking is that you know the the brightness of the morning isn't that bright if you had all the lights on in the house all night long. You know it, it's only when we we accept that this is a dark time and darkness is not powerful, but, um, it makes the light brighter when it comes Absolutely, and That's so good that, that turn, um, is something that resonates really greatly with me. You know, just like even that analogy of the morning coming, it's like this, you can't see the stars in the sky without the darkness, but then you can't really truly appreciate the magnificence of the sunrise had it not been dark all night long. <laughs> and, you know, so many of us would much prefer to just leave the lights on all year round, And just be saturated in the light. Yes, you know, it's always there. And, you know, Good Friday comes and, oh, let's pretend to be sad. And, oh, you know, Holy Saturday and, and, oh, yay, Jesus is alive. But we never really leaned into the, to the slow space before uh, Easter morning. And when you do, Easter morning means something different. And you can't, you can't experience that. And, and, there, for me, there's no better analogy than um, than the climax of the Lord of the Rings at Mount Doom, when when it's like all is lost basically, um, but then good swoops in and the ring is destroyed and the eagles come, like all all this stuff. And so, and Tolkien and all his wisdom, um, he created a word because he didn't find any other word useful to 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 illustrate that point and he called it you catastrophe and we all know what a a catastrophe is and you reverses that it's like this surprise attack of goodness that comes out of nowhere when you basically have given up all hope and like that is hard to get to yeah (laughs) when all the lights are on in the house yeah so you had mentioned before um not only is it worth it to lean into this space um but you had mentioned uh some themes. Yeah. I, I believe there's six themes yes. uh, for this Lent season that we're trying to engage with. Yeah. Um, could you unpack that for us, yeah.
1: and then we'll just dive into the first one. Yeah. So the first week that we're in is confession. Mm-hmm. So uh, we are using verses throughout Scripture that really, that the Lord searches our heart. This morning in our prayer room, we went through Psalm 32, um, and really diving into this, you know. the the hand of God is on, on us. Actually, I'm going to read it. Um, It's so good. So um, yeah. And uh, you had mentioned that there's six themes. There are six themes. Yeah. Let me go there first. So the first theme is confession. And then we're going to um, uh, next, this next week will be repentance. Um, And then, so do you want me to describe each one of them? Look. uh give me the give me the bird's eye view. Yeah, so of confessions are first week, then repentance. We talk about renouncing. So kind of a closing of, of doors. That's uh, three. Yeah. And wow. then we have be filled. So we're filled with the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And then to be empowered is not just we don't aren't just filled for filling's sake, to be mm-hmm. empowered. And the last week is to live a consecrated life. Mm. I love that. Um did you find your yes, your verse? Uh so Psalm 32. So we went through um Uh, we're going through each of these in our prayer room. So if you're around, happy for you to join us. Wonderful space. Um, And uh, uh, yeah, so Psalm 32 kind of goes through this idea and I love what it says. He says, um, While I kept silence, my body wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up. As by the heat of the summer, mm. and so this first week, thinking about that hand, we really pressed into that because you see it. You see it in Psalm one thirty nine as well. The hand of God is just. There's this. There, you know. You have kids, right? Yes. So when you talk about, I remember there's moments with my with my kids where you know you're just like, hey, what's going on? You know, something's going on on the surface, mm-hmm. and nothing's going on. I'm fine. Like okay, and, you, and I put my hand on my daughter and just put it on her shoulder and, you know, tears start welling up in her eyes. Mm. And it's like, Oh, there's something there. And it, the hand of the father in confession, I think we often think of confession as this thing that we just have to live with. We have to live with the secrets in our lives. We have to take them to the grave. We, we want confession and freedom for others, but we don't often really take inventory to experience it ourselves. And, It is the kindness of God in his, the hand that is on us, that leads us to repentance. It leads us to confession. It leads us to, this is why he came. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the activity this week for confession is we have a bunch of scriptures that we're going through, but also to take inventory. I think a lot of us don't, you know, we take general confession and we say, Lord, can forgive me for the things that I've done yeah I, I think there's something about naming them specifically uh, when you get really into it you know and there's the obvious sins in our lives that we carry um we're I'm really hoping that this season of Lent is exposing not just the the things that are the obvious but the things that are under the surface mm. so right now it's you know there's moments where I'm confessing when have there been when have there been days? Or even weeks at times where I have I haven't been in the Word for myself. I've done it for others, you know. One of their when is there Lord forgive me for the day I, I had a prayerless day. Mm. I I didn't I never asked you for any. I didn't say what you were doing today. I just got on, woke up. I read my Bible, you know. I prayed a prayer, maybe uh, went on with my day, and I, I never was interrupted the rest of the day. Mm. Like. That kind of you know awareness, I th- I'm hoping that people experience as they engage the activity, as they engage it with their family, with um, uh, we, each week that we have, you end with a prayer of examine. So every Saturday we're asking, um, and this is something you can incorporate every day. It takes 10, 15 minutes. It's mm-hmm. creating an awareness of what God is doing. An awareness of the emotions that I've been feeling. Doing a recap with God, letting Him look back on the week. What what were you teaching me? What were you showing me? Is there something that you want to reveal to me that I'm unaware of? Um, Lord, speak to me about um, things that you're teaching me. What do you want me to do? Like, you know, I, I'm giving you these things that I have I've gone through this week. What do you have to say about them? How could I? What could I have done differently? Or what do you love about what I did this week? What mm-hmm. what do you What do you like want to just affirm in me this week? Um, And then looking forward ahead. So, you know, I think it's Socrates that says like an unexamined life is a life not worth living, right? So that sounds... Something like that. Sounds good. Socrates. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But we have to live examined lives. Yeah. So again, prayer of examine, ancient prayer, ancient practice Mm. of Lord, search me and know me. And he has something to say. So I would love if at the end of these this Lenten season, I'm it's not just all right, let's get through Lent and then wait until this next year. The goal for the end of Lent is a consecrated life. And we believe, I believe God is is moving, He is, he is doing something unique in this generation in this season. Mm-hmm. And we have to have eyes to see. Yeah. We have to have ears to hear. And I believe that a life, a consecrated life, one that is dedicated to Him. Um, Darren talked about this this on Sunday, but consecrated holy lives, that that idea of holiness isn't just set apart, isn't just purity, isn't just living a sinless life. It's about dedication. Mm -hmm. That dedicated holiness is, is, you know, God says, be holy as I am holy. Be as dedicated to me as I am as dedicated to you. And that kind of relationship, that kind of intimacy, um, doesn't come by keeping up with the pace of Mm -hmm. life that most of us find ourselves in.
0: Yeah. I mean, everything that you're saying, you know, getting to the thing underneath. Yeah. Um, letting your heart settle, like it's just—it's so much the you know uh, the still waters. Yeah. Um, you can't see your reflection. You can't see underneath uh, if you are always splashing around and mm-hmm. we're always wanting to 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 do more things to not settle to distract ourselves away from the pain of leaning in yeah. to this space and and maybe it's not so much pain as it is just discomfort that we're not a big fan of. Yeah. Um, and. Uh, what, what a practice of just giving yourself time and space to slow down, to let uh, the master healer come in to, you know, you're, you're not asking someone that you don't trust to like tear you apart yeah. and to make you feel terrible. It's like, we're asking the king of kindness uh, to come in, the the healer, the great healer to come and just be with us. Just the, the same picture of you as a father, putting a loving hand on your daughter mm-hmm. um, to let them know you care. And even if no words are said, like that's enough. Yeah. And God being with us, you know, the story of Christmas and everything—it's like He wants to to sit with us in that space. Yeah. And we just need to let Him. Um, after this first theme, what was the? Uh, what repentance was the next one? is the next. The next
1: one, okay. So repentance—I kind of talked about this already, but it's a adopting, giving up our agenda, adopting His agenda. Mm. So it is, you know, that that Greek word metanoia. It's like it's a mindset. It's a mind shift. It's a decision that you make. You know, there's that analogy that you use. It's like, you know, repentance is kind of like walking down the street. You fall in a hole, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and you realize, Oh, I got in this hole and you try to get out. You can't get out. You eventually get out. You get on the street again. The next day, you fall on the hole. It takes you a little less time to get out of the hole, but you're still in there. You're still like, how did I get down here? Mm-hmm. Third day, you know, you walk down the street, you fall down the hole again you get out pretty quickly. Uh, but again, you're still making some bad choices. Uh, and I think there's maybe another day or two, but eventually you just mm-hmm. choose to go down a different street. Yeah. You know, you're like, you, you need, there's, there are decisions and patterns in in life that you have to adopt. And I think we have to listen to Jesus of what this looks like, mm-hmm. not just adopt, um, a, an agenda that we think is the religious one or, um, the one that's now this is the perfect one. I think. The, yeah, the trendy one, the, the trendy, trendy one, cool yeah. one. So um, that's that's going to be uh, we're going to engaging our community in that for repentance, and then renouncing will be the third one. Uh, well, with repentance, um, how is
0: that distinct from the first theme, and what sort of practice uh, does it carry? Yeah, so
1: I mean, confession it begins with confession. So there is, I think, it's important for us to name, identify, and Ask forgiveness for the things that we have sinned against God um, and others, and I think there's something about naming that. And repentance is going to be um, more of a, a an idea. How do we how do we adopt the mindset of Christ? How do we live with renewed minds? How do we um, live from a way that isn't from an earthly perspective, but from a heavenly perspective? Mm-hmm. So you know we are not just keeping our heads down and we we have to kind of get rid of the cycle of sin confess grace repeat sin confess Mm. grace repeat i think god has so much more for us and we're we are as darren said on sunday we are wounded healers like we we are on in this in this earth we are exposed and do things that are going to grieve god we're going to you know, intentionally, unintentionally, but there is a way to live that is greater than uh, than the world. And so repentance is, is, is taking a stand against the ways that we have gotten into messes in our lives and taking responsibility, taking ownership mm-hmm. um, and doing some exercises with what are the agendas that I've been following? What are the mindsets that I've been following? What are the lies that I've been believing about who I am and who God says I am? Um, because, and it's also repentance is a self thing, but repentance is also a communal Mm. aspect. So, you know, you see throughout scripture, um, this, uh, there's confession, repentance, like Nehemiah, like he, he, he takes responsibility. He places himself. So I think in family systems, there's, there's repentance to be had, whether it's, um, things that have, you know you've done personally, or it's, it's in the system. It's like you, you, you see it. So you repent on behalf of, of uh, what you're seeing around you. So there are those who have a real justice sense in our, in our communities, in our cities. And, you know, we're, we're identifying just ways that the Lord is calling us to eradicate homelessness in our region. And there are things to repent of the ways that either, you know, society has dealt with it, How the church has dealt with it our view and mindset so it's really standing in the place and repenting on behalf of of a system um of a church of a community that god would begin a new thing and we would adopt a new kind of agenda under him
0: yeah um it's almost as if the uh confession aspect is recognizing my bad ideas Mm -hmm. (laughs) or my bad agenda yeah and repentance is the act of adopting the new agenda yes. because um, you know you you've made space because you don't I don't want to do this anymore. But then what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. You're gonna you're gonna adopt a new way to do things. Uh, and I love that rhythm of uh, confession, repentance. Um, as we get into these next ones, um, what is uh, what would you love people to take away from these these first two
1: rhythms? Yeah, I think just an awareness of how, first of how serious uh, sin is, um, and that there is, there is freedom, mm. there is a way out. Um, we've talked about this, and maybe it's maybe it shared us on the podcast before, but in the last I'd say four or five months, I uh, have received more confessions mm. than probably the last eight years of ministry in the last four or five months, the amount of pain and brokenness that is just coming to the surface. And it's, it's a sign, it's a, it's a crack of, of renewal. It's a mm. sign of God is, is his hand is, is being, is coming down, you know? Right. And there's a weight to that hand and it is causing people to expose things in their lives that they no longer should have to live with. Yeah. And so, I mean, yeah, it is, it is a grace on this moment. I think I would, I don't want our community to miss an opportunity. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like, oh, well you you missed, you missed the boat. Sorry. You can confess. Maybe next time God yeah. comes around, it's always available, mm-hmm. but there is a unique grace right now. And I think to receive that, the to receive the reward of it is to be obedient to what mm-hmm. God is asking. So, He's never saying, don't confess your sin just yet. Like that, you know, there's, that's, that's, ter- he's, there is an obedience. I think that those of us that have, um, that, that will step into that obedience in confession, in repentance, uh, are going to receive a reward. Mm-hmm. Like, in it's available, it's free. So, like, what are we, this is why he came. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is why he came. So, what are we kidding ourselves with? the the fake smiles, the facades, the shells, the shame that is, that is weighing people down to the point of, um, you know, some of the worst decisions that people will ever make, uh, that, that, that has to be broken. Yeah. That is a spirit that it needs to be broken. And that is a lie from the enemy that says you have to live that way. Mm -hmm. So there is an opportunity right now and, you know, yeah. We we I would don't miss this moment to take inventory. Don't yeah. just treat it as another season. Don't just treat it as another um uh you know time for your personal devotion. I would treat it as a way to receive the kingdom of God here and now. Mm-hmm. Um and before we get into the next
0: two rhythms, John, would you just pray that into our community right yeah. now? Yeah, Jesus.
1: I, for everyone just listening right now, and watching, I, I pray for an awareness, Holy Spirit. I pray that you would give where, wherever the hand is 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 resting, wherever that kind of the weight of the Lord is pressing in, the places that have been hidden, the places that have been secret, the things that have been done to you or that you have done, that have been a source of shame, a source of fear, a source of guilt that you don't need to bear anymore. I pray right now that there would be released to you, a confession to you, Jesus, that this is why you came. This is why you died on the cross for us. So I pray right now that that would be received as a gift, freely given, I pray that it would be it would wash over our community. Wash over us right now. Search us, O oh Lord. Expose the areas of our heart. The darkest places, even the darkest of night, even the darkest, darkest places are not dark to you, Lord. They are light. There is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. Jesus, I pray that the sins that have entangled people's lives, that they don't even know how to untangle them they don't even know where to start it's like a knot that has gotten tighter and tighter with time and it's gotten more messed up and it's gotten more confusing it's gotten more complex i pray in the name of jesus right now that it would be cut it would be unraveled and it would be given to you jesus for you to deal with thank you for your forgiveness god Thank you for your kindness. Thank you for your mercies. Thank you for your grace. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
0: And Garden Church, listening to this, um, we want you to lean into this space. And we have resources on on the church center app or on our website garden.church and and obviously this is best done in community and we want you to be a part of a house church and uh, to find out more information on that you can you can look it up on uh, garden.church but john i'm going to have you back next time to talk about more stuff that's great all right thank you darren thanks for listening to gardener's podcast For more resources and information about this Lenten season, you can visit us at garden.church.